Ben, Ben Avery here from the Comic Book Time Machine. Just to uh, quickly remind you that these following episodes were actually taken from a larger episode and cut up into more easily indexed, smaller portions. So there are going to be times when I talk about, you know, next in this episode or previously in this episode, because originally these were released as long episodes that covered a single month of the comics. A long time ago, on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 41, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, cover date February 1978, issue number 7. Godzilla number 7, uh... Cover date was February 78, on sale date November 1st, 1977. Cover price 35 cents. And if Human Fly was a poorly spent 35 cents, Godzilla, well, I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say it was not poorly spent. How's that? It's entitled Birth of a Warrior. And that warrior, well, the cover tells us, uh, well, actually, the cover tells us and Godzilla <laughs> to look out, Godzilla. Here comes Red Ronin. Now, I don't ask for much in my kaiju movies. Um, I just ask kaiju movies to not go too crazy unless you plan to go really crazy. And then give me some good old fashioned fight scenes with a, a human story that's relevant to the monster story. I want the human story and the monster story to intersect and play off each other, at least um, for one to play off the other anyway, if not both stories to play off of each other. And I, basically, that means I, I want my my uh, human characters to matter <laughs> in the story. And I want visual battles in movies. That means great miniature work and costume design and suit acting because, you know, I, I appreciate the artistry of film. Uh, I can watch a bad movie and sometimes I'll appreciate the movie that's really poorly made simply because of the intention behind the movie, what the movie makers were going for. And, with that just a kind of appreciation of the artistry of the film and then the intention of the filmmakers um, with kaiju movies, you kind of have this great intersection of artistry and intention and the kaiju movies, Japanese monster movies, particularly uh, when, when I say kaiju, that's really what, what I'm talking about. Uh, they have a unique artistry that I really enjoy. And that goes back to the visceral thrill and the laughs that I got when I was watching monster movies as a kid and still enjoy now. And I can sit down with my kids and watch King Kong versus Godzilla and we can ooh and ah and laugh and and enjoy uh, a well-made, even if it's kind of goofy, monster movie. So I, I kind of hold that standard for the Godzilla comics, too, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Godzilla comic books um they have to do the same kind of thing. They have to give me something visual that I can hold on to, that I can appreciate the artistry and enjoy the, you know, the, the 
basically the, the, the behemoths fighting. Um, but with uh, and modern Godzilla comics, they usually don't do it for me. I just don't enjoy them very much. I, I start reading them and then I'll, I'll let them go. I, I don't continue collecting them or reading them. Um, that said, Marvel's Godzilla comics are a little bit different because within this series, there's an added bonus. And that's Dum Dum Dugan. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the Marvel Universe in general. This is kaiju flavored chocolate dipped into my Marvel 616 crunchy peanut butter. Uh, so I'm more forgiving in some ways because there's more to offer. There's more facets for me to accept. I may not like the Godzilla stuff, but it's giving me some good shield stuff, you know, an enjoyable Dum Dum Dugan. And by the way, Dum Dum Dugan is going to be starring in an upcoming comic series called um, uh, Howling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe is the title, which is Dum Dum Dugan, Man-Thing, uh, just a bunch of Marvel monsters, basically. Uh, it's like they said, hey, let's make a comic that's strictly just for that Ben Avery guy. We're not going to let him write it, which would be you know too much for him to handle. He, he would just go crazy. But we'll let him read it, you know, and, and just blow his mind a little bit. Uh, but anyway, there's more for me to accept and more for me to hold on to if one side isn't working is something else working. And so for the most part, there's the Godzilla comic has, has been a hit for me. Uh, I've enjoyed it, even when it's kind of kind of dumb. Uh, not every time, but but mostly. Anyway, this issue is very simple. Last issue issue, we were slowly lumbering toward a promised clash between Godzilla and the the uh, anime giant robot inspired uh, Red Red Ronin. And this issue, we continue in that direction. Last issue, Godzilla had been drugged. He had been pulled onto the behemoth helicarrier and imprisoned, but he escaped. And that was our cliffhanger. And meanwhile, the secret project giant robot that Stark Industries was helping S.H.I.E.L.D. build was nearing completion. But Kenny, I mean, Rob, snuck aboard to stop it so Godzilla would not be hurt by it. And so now in this issue, two monsters are rampaging. Two, well, sort of rampaging. Godzilla is definitely rampaging. Uh, pretty upset about the whole drugged, dragged, and imprisoned thing. And now he's rampaging towards some really poor decision-making on the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent's part. Um, basically, the higher-ups at S.H.I.E.L.D. or the government or someone decided to place the prison in like an air base that's right next to a bunch of nuclear missiles, which is not great planning uh, considering how powerful Godzilla is and his propensity for you know not being locked up very well. Dum uh, Dum Dugan and Gabriel are dealing with that problem. They're attacking him and they're firing missiles. And they're trying to hold him off so he can't get to those missiles. The giant robot, meanwhile, has been activated by Rob, who put on the mental control helmet, was knocked unconscious by it. And so the robot is really not rampaging. It's more sleepwalking uh, peacefully, but toward gas storehouse uh, tanks or something that if he gets to them, it will pretty much destroy the whole industrial complex. So Agent Wu, who's in love with Rob's sister and has a lot on his mind since she seems to not be in love with him, he jumps into action, gets into the the, the head of the thing pulls out Rob just in time as the foot almost steps on the, the tanks of, of gas. Great. It's good. Uh, the industrial complex is saved, but Godzilla, he is still trying to get to those nuclear missiles. So Wu volunteers to take the giant robot to attack Godzilla. And Tamara has an emotional response to that. And so maybe she has more feelings than she's let on to. We'll find out 
that later. Uh, but the robot doesn't work because it's now tuned into Rob's mental commands. He messed things up in the circuits. And so as they make that realization, Rob sneaks on board. And he jo- jumps into the robot and he goes off. Uh, he takes it off to go and stop Godzilla and make sure that the big G is not going to get hurt. And so uh, in a scene that's not quite as stupid, but um, <laughs> almost, I, I just, I don't like this kind of thing. I hated it in Phantom Menace. I'm just going to say it right now. I hated it in Phantom Menace. I'm not a big fan of it here, although it works a little bit better because at least the kid is doing it on purpose instead of in Phantom Menace where it's like, oops, I just destroyed this. Oops, I just destroyed. Oops, I'm flying. Oops, I'm really good at flying. Oops, I'm shooting. Oops, I just blew up everything and turned off all the robots down on the planet. Instead of oops, 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 it's he's doing this on purpose and he has motivation for that. And I like that. Uh, So anyway, um, he is flying to the airbase where Godzilla is about to either ignite a nuclear blast that's going to blow up one missile, which will take up the other ones with it. Or he could accidentally launch the missiles, which would ignite World War Three. Either way, it's bad. Uh, while he's flying, by the way, he names the robot Red Ronin, and, and here's why I'm going to read it to you. Uh, maybe we should give them something new to call us. How about Ronin? Yeah, the Japanese word for samurai without a master. A warrior who owes no loyalty and knows no flag, who serves no one but himself and his own good conscience. Ronin it is. Red Ronin. And I think we're going to be good friends, Red Ronin. Um sp- Secret to you, Rob. No, you're not going to be good friends because the fact is you are controlling the robot. That is like saying that you're going to be good friends with, you know, a puppet, which I guess makes sense for a young child. But anyway, uh, so he lands and he slams into Godzilla's back, cutting you know, and then he cuts off Big G from the missiles. And we get a standoff Big G and double R to be continued. And from here, I'm just going to say the art in this issue is great. It's solid. There's clean lines in my black and white edition. Anyway, kinetic panels, um, emotional characters and reactions. Red Ronin is a pretty cool design, uh, obviously riffing on that giant robot anime show that would have been dubbed on afternoon cartoon blocks back then. Uh, but also then on the Shogun Warriors that were on the toy shelves around this time. But if we're going to talk about art, uh, the biggest thing I have to talk about is about the two page splash this issue ends on. So we're gonna have to talk about that after the story here. Now, remember what I've been saying as we look at star Wars and human fly about it's not just the what, but it's the how, and this story is an origin story. It plods forward. It's slow. Uh, it's teasing us with stuff that it doesn't really deliver on as far as, you know, we're going to see a fight, but not this issue and not this one either. Uh, it's, it's teasing us with that big fight between big G and, and RR. I mean, two issues that's that's a little too much but we have stuff that we have to get through we have to set up the drama with the missiles and the threat of world war three we have to set up the melodrama with Wu and damara the love story and also rob getting in the robot which is another emotional element for tamara to watch her brother fly off into battle against godzilla you know that's really not something most people can walk away from if they're going to take on godzilla one-on-one and uh, and then we also have to do what they failed with last issue. Give a dramatic cliffhanger. So drama, melodrama, and dramatic cliffhanger. That's what this is has to do. And it works. It does it well. I'm not enjoying some of the melodrama. I'm not enjoying some of the drama. But, and the truth is, I kind of hate Rob. I really don't like him that much. In Mr. Science Theater 3000, they riffed on the Kenny character from the Gamera film. 
And Rob is definitely that kind of Kenny type of character. He's the kid you put in there so kids can relate to him, but it kind of makes it kind of drags the movie or the, in this case, the comic down a little bit, but I, whatever, you know, I wonder if I was a kid, if I would hate the character so much, because let's face it, the kid gets to drive a robot as powerful as Godzilla. Okay. That's awesome. If I was a kid, I think I probably would really, really like this. I'm reading it now and I want Wu in there. I want Wu to drive this thing, man. Um, and so I don't really exactly like the setup of Rob wanting to save Godzilla. However, I don't remember where this goes. Maybe it could lead, lead us somewhere interesting. Um, the child endangerment aside, I guess. But all problems that I have melt away. I've read this and I'm reading along and I get to the end. And any issues I have with this issue melts away when I arrive at the glorious climactic cliffhanger. A two-page spread. It makes me think of Jack Kirby for some reason. There's something something to the shading or to the the ink work, because again, I'm, I'm reading it in black and white, that um, as Godzilla is on one page, he's facing off with Red Ronin on the other page, and the missiles are dangerously looming large over us, because our perspective is low. And so we're looking up, and, and you're looking at these two pages, and my eye anyway sees the missiles first, and then kind of travels up Red Ronin, and then goes over to the other page where Godzilla is even you know bigger and looking down. And, uh, and, you know, Godzilla has, he's roaring and there's steam pouring from his mouth and uh, from his battle against the, the shield agents. And as they held him back as long as they could, and now they couldn't hold him back any longer, but Red Ronin, he is there. He stands defiantly in Godzilla's way. And this is what I wanted last issue. I wanted this to happen last issue. They give it to me in this issue. This is the cliffhanger I want. That's going to take me to the fight that I want. And that's what they, again, promise. They say next issue, the battle of the ages. I love this. The battle of the ages. When two raging Titans clash on a field laden with potential Holocaust in Godzilla versus the red Ronin. By the way, potential Holocaust. I think I found the name for my surf rock band. When I, learn how to play guitar and assemble a group of people who can do surf rock. But anyway, I'm also, <laughs> if I'm ready for my surf rock band, I'm definitely ready for next issue. Uh, I want to see what happens. And I've seen the cover of next issue. It is a classic, classic cover that'll have to wait uh, for right now. We're going to jump into a new series as we jump into the man from Atlantis coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, as I just said, Man from Atlantis, issue number one.